Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Julie and Eric Morrow. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the internet, where myself, Dan Selke, the editor of WinterIsComing.net, and over there, Daniel Roman, co-editor of WinterIsComing.net, talk all things fantasy, sci-fi, movies, and TV. Daniel, how are you this fine Wednesday afternoon? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, I was not here yesterday. So even though everyone keeps telling me it's Wednesday, my body thinks it's Monday, but generally good. <laughs> Oldest story in the world. Yeah, right. That's uh, I actually read that out of a scroll to prep for the show right before this. But no, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Um, it's just there's a lot going on. I, yeah. This is the time that we um, kind of prophesied and feared and dreamed of when we have the new Game of Thrones show, House of the Dragon, running every Sunday, exploding all over the place. Did you see, by the way, that I wrote yes. a whole article about how viewership dropped? But then there was an update. I was wrong. Yeah, like, it dropped I did. linearly, but it went up HBO Max because everyone was too busy getting drunk at the barbecue on Sunday, Labor Day. And they all caught up with the Pretty next much. day, I guess is the theory. So the show's a huge hit. And at the same time. We're watching this Lord of the Rings show, The Rings of Power, over on Amazon, and Mm -hmm. uh, my head is full of hobbits and dragons and, you know, dwarves and elves and incestuous white blonde haired people who just can't get their hands off each other. And it's just such an interesting time. We're not going to be more busy at any point in the year. Yes, that's what I keep telling myself. This is this is our busy time. It's hard to imagine things being more busy than having the opening seasons of House of the Dragon and the Rings of Power on at the same time. If you are into fantasy television, it is mayhem right now in the best of ways. I like it, though. I You know, both of these shows are doing pretty well in their own rights. They both have had some interesting conversations. I say interesting. We can also say infuriating, depending on where you're sitting um, surrounding them. But uh, yeah, if you're just a fan of this stuff, now it's like, now are the shows that were promised. Forget the prince that was (laughs) promised. We now have the shows that were promised. So it's pretty exciting. And thanks, Julie, for that article. Thank you, Julie. And hello to Nicole. Hello, Christian. Hello, Martha. Hello, Terry. Hello, Edith. Hello, everybody who's us on this journey. And today, I thought that we, sorry, we thought, democracy, um, we thought we'd kind of have a talk about the way these shows are interacting with each other, kind of, because look, before they came on and today, the question was always, there's these two giant fantasy titans, Lord of the Rings, the one quarter, House Dragon, the other, is one better than the other? Is one worse? 
is one going to win? Does one have to win? Is one going to lose? And yep. uh, also, what is with the disparate levels of backlash they're getting? Because I can't be the only one who's noticed that a lot more people yeah. seem to be have a problem with the Rings of Power than have with House of the Dragon. Like, you know, House of the Dragon is pretty well liked across critics and, fa- and fans, whereas the Rings of Power, we have a good old fashioned uh, ratio thing happening where we get a lot of critics yeah. who are saying it's great. And then we have all that, like a very low fan vote around hers anyway. It's a lot more critical. So I want to get into some of that. And Daniel, I'll just ask, and I'll ask yeah. all of you out there, this question right up front, which one wins? Which one's winning? Huh? Huh? Which one wins? Which one beats the other to a pulp? I, Which one wins the battle of the death? Right now. Go. No thinking. Right now. Right now. I think House of the Dragon is winning the grudge match, but it's hard because it has one episode ahead and two weeks ahead because mm-hmm. Amazon released two for Rings of Power at once. So that's one weekend. House of the Dragon is three weeks in. But I think those viewership numbers kind of are speaking for themselves in terms of how big of a hit this thing is, because I don't think even HBO would have expected that House of the Dragon would take this well, that basically it went up after the first episode, which is like borderline unheard of. Like that's really uncommon. Pretty rare. Yeah. And yeah. And then this third episode, when you wrote your article this morning about how it went <laughs> down, I, I was kind of like, you know, it happened. It happens to every show after a premiere. It goes down. Like you said in the article, I think it just took two weeks for House of the Dragon instead of one. But then we got the streaming numbers and it's basically a wash. Like yeah, it, it didn't watch. really go down at all or not noticeably enough that I think anyone is sweating over it. So, yeah, it's tough because House of the Dragon just has more data and more. We've been able to see the impact a little more, whereas Rings sure. of Power, everyone's still kind of getting a feel for it what it'll be like. Um, Personally, I'm a little more into house of the dragon, but again, there's got, there's, we need to see more of the rings of power. What do you think? Who's winning out there too? Who do you think is winning? House of the dragon for me so far. It's because I mean, I mean, big shocker, right? Like this is a game of Thrones fan site. Obviously I'm just primed for this kind of story. I will say yeah. I've been enjoying them both and they are both hits. Some great comments, by the way, I'm gonna get to them in a second. Like they are both hits. Like, I think the premiere of House of the Dragon had like 25 million people. The premiere of Lord of the Rings had 25 million people. Like, these, these are big numbers for both. And I honestly mm-hmm. do think after watching them both, even though I prefer House of the Dragon's kind of more grounded, gritty sort of tech like texture, they're different enough that they can definitely both coexist. Totally. Before I go on, let's read some of these comments with some, with some great, great comments. Jason makes some excellent comments over on YouTube about yeah. the reason why there's less backlash to House of the Dragon than uh, Rings of Power, which we're going to talk about a little later. Although I'll read them now because they're just really good. Jason says, and I agree with this completely, in terms of Same. why the Lord of the Rings has more backlash to House of the Dragon, that George R. R. Martin is alive and he endorses House of the Dragon. Whereas Tolkien <laughs> is dead some decades now and every yeah. and everyone wants to speak for him. Yeah, you, George R. Martin is involved with House of the Dragon. And if this mm-hmm. stuff about like, you can't have a black person riding a dragon reached him, you'd know he would say like, that's stupid. Whereas Tolkien yep. cannot do it. Didn't Christopher Tolkien even die? Chris, yeah, Christopher Tolkien's dead too. I mean, this yeah. thing, it does have the blessing of the Tolkien estate, but yeah, Christopher Tolkien's gone. J.R.R. Tolkien's gone. There's just more degrees removed. I mean, it has less than the Tolkien estate. Yeah. And, uh, the, and the Tolkien estate also has like a billion dollars from Amazon. So it, 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 it seems less pure. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that for sure. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Nicole says, the the shows are very different. House of the Dragon is winning in terms of political drama, but Lord of the Rings is winning in terms of scenery and fun. And I think I agree with that. I kind of agree, yeah. I I think I definitely found myself gasping at the scenery way more in in Rings of Power from what we've seen. And yeah, it is. They're more fun. They're comedic characters. We don't really have that in House of the Dragon yet, aside from those Lannisters. Really fast. I want to say that, Claudia, I do remember 2017 Natural Kind of Thrones. That was a good time. But yeah, I agree with you that if it was like I, I liked both and there was definitely an, like a zippy fun element of the Rings of Power that just obviously doesn't really it's not you're not just you're, you're not, you're not going to have it in House of the Dragon where the whole thing is. Oh, who is going to succeed the throne? The brother who cuts people in half at the waist and then drags their bodies to the surf or um, the daughter who's going to get up to all kinds of, I won't spoil it, but uh, some stuff. And just it, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot lighter in the Rings of Power. You have those adorable Harfoot characters who are kind of, you know, name things like Twiggly Brandyfoot and um, Mirabelle <laughs> Gigglewine who are able nice. to just um, bring some levity and breathe so innocent. No one in House of the Dragon is innocent. And I do like that. And the scenery, yes. yeah, good Lord. I mean, if there's one strength that show has, oh my God, Daniel. I mean, I've seen some folks saying like, hey, what they spend the money on? What are you talking about? That's it's baffling. everywhere. Yeah. Just the, totally. the, 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 the most impressive for me was probably Kazadum. So the dwarves place. Yeah. yeah, it looked yeah, um, it looked remarkable. Just all the details, and it, 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 I mean, and even if it did look like a little fake, it was like that fantastical, otherworldly fake that almost fits a uh, ridiculous, impossible society. They had trees down there. Yeah. It just looks so good. Um, I have, I, I have like some issues with it, but more or less, it, it's, it's good. And it is different. I don't really see them yes. needing to beat one or the other. Although Sword of the Morning looks has a strong opinion. House of the Dragon clearly winning, not too surprising. House of the Dragon respects the lore and source material. Ooh, here we go. Where Rings of Power takes many liberties of Tolkien's lore. That's where that was coming from. Which I agree to a point. Let's, yeah, let's talk I think about there's that. Some wrinkles there. Yeah. Do you think it is taking? many liberties because you're more familiar with the Tolkien lore, but even I, who is less familiar knows that the second age is like the least documented part of Tolkien's lore. Like first age is most of the Silmarillion third age is the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. The second age really just gets a couple chapters and they mostly deal with Numenor. So what do you think? Mm -hmm. Is it taking more liberties aside from meteor guy, which that's just a huge question mark. That could be a gigantic liberty. Um, do you think it's, it's taking lots of liberties? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> all the rings of power is, is liberties. Like, yeah, our commenters yeah. are right that it is absolutely far off the beaten path. I mean, those first two episodes, I don't think there's a thing in there that Tolkien wrote. Not really. I mean, yeah, they're. It's not contradicting things technically mm -hmm. yet. Um, although I do have my fears about yeah. that. Like 
by the way, I'll just say this, that meteor guy, if that's Gandalf, that is a, that is a contradiction. Probably you can still, even in that, because Tolkien was very, well, Tolkien was sort of clear that Gandalf and the wizards came during the third age, a thousand years in Gandalf got off at the docks and he met the elf Kyrdan and Kyrdan's like, here's a ring. He did not fall from the meteor in the second age. It just didn't happen. Yeah. Although even there, like Tolkien was the kind of guy who like had a billion drafts. And apparently there is yes. one note where he considered introducing the wizards in the second age. So I guess you could hide in that, you coward. But the the version yeah, in no is there in the third age. I'm just saying that. But anyway, yes. Yeah. The show is all liberties. And I've read some. I've read this somewhere early in twice because I because I hate myself. I'm pretty big into cult and lore. I, I know it fairly well. Nothing in there is in there. Like Galadriel is a character that Tolkien wrote. Sure, but she never did any of this. Um, I mean, I guess that they did make friends with the dwarves in Khazad-dûm. So he never yeah. he didn't write like. And then Elrond talked to Durin, and they made an alliance. And then they went back to Celebrimbor, and they're like, "Here's your forge." He just wrote like they had great friendship back then. So we're seeing the details filled out, which to me is fine. I mean, like that, that's, not, that's not offending me. Yeah, that's kind of the nature of the way he wrote the Second Age because it's glossing over like thousands of years. And again, it, it really is only like a handful of chapters. I don't have the Silmarillion next to me, but it's not but a not? lot of chapters. No, it's pretty uh, short because yeah. it's too many bookshelves in in one place. But I think that it's interesting because there is less source material for the second age. So yes, it is all, it's like, it's all liberties and none of it's liberties, if that makes sense, because there's less like blow by blow descriptions. Like you said, the dwarves and elves had great (laughs) friendships, but like you, what is, if you put that in a show and you flesh it, you can't just say that one line. And then it's like, well, now we know they had great friendships. How do you show that? And no matter how they showed that, it was going to technically be a liberty, even though it's not, if it's still showing the same. Does that make sense? It does. And and that's why I'm concerned about Meteor Guy being banned Gandalf. By the way, Sword of the Morning, who who do you think that Meteor Guy is? I'm curious, because I think we all have our our, our theories at this point. Here's a key thing, though. Just because it's it's taking liberties doesn't mean I'm not enjoying it. I mean, totally. I, I did. Like, I watched it. I've read Tolkien on, since Thanks. a young age. I've read the Cimmerillion twice and keep saying that. Just make sure you know I'm bonafide. And I mean, like, this is fun. Like, I, I'm, I'm having fun with this. I liked, again, my favorite bit was probably the Khazad-Dum stuff with Elrond and Durin and the Rock Contest. And then his wife was really fun and just the family running around. They had some good energy. And the Harfoots are fun. I, I don't really like yeah. the, um, at least I'm kind of bored by, uh, the one elf and then the human lady who apparently are in a romance. And I'm like, I'm just not feeling much chemistry here. But again, yeah. That's because the show, it's not doing a good job of doing it. It's not because it's Tolkien didn't write this. It's because I don't think the yes. show is really selling those two. Agree. We have so many good comments here. Okay. My first guest for the morning says was a blue wizard, which again would be a contradiction because all damn wizards, the gray, the white, the brown, Radagast, and the two blue ones <laughs> who may or may not have names, they all came in the third age, according to at least the text we got, even though apparently there's a note that Tolkien was like, maybe they were in the second. Whatever. I don't think that's even published, yeah. uh, but just uh, you can hide in anything. Okay, so I'm going to read a comment from we're getting some. Um, should we go with 
we going to get salty? Backlash <laughs> to the rings of power or read Julie's comments about the battle in um, second of his name. There are so many choices here. I think, you know, we're going to talk about the backlash more. I have a succinct answer for Julie. So let's touch that. Touch on that one first. Okay. That's a safer one anyway. So Julie's saying that yeah. uh, I find it amusing that people all over the place are comparing Damon to Jon Snow in Battle of the Bastards. At least Jon was a likable character. Damon is nuts. Just ask the poor dude yeah. who had to hand the message to him from Viserys. Oh, that, that was so funny. He beat the, yep. the creep crab guy, which still doesn't have the principles of my Jon Snow. And yeah, Julie, I agree. Uh, Damon is not Jon Snow. Damon is far no. more of a loose cannon. Damon is way more uh, flexible with the morals. I don't think he's like Jon Snow at all. I am no. really entertained by him, though. And again, I said this before, I don't, I didn't think I would be. Like there was yeah. like, there was like some folks who were saying uh, Matt Smith shouldn't be in this. He doesn't fit. I didn't care. Like I, I know Matt Smith is a good actor. I was worried about that. I was worried about like Same. Damon in the book is a complete jerk in fire and blood. I'm not sure how they're going to make him likable, but here he is. And even though I don't endorse the choices of Damon Targaryen, I sure do want to see what he does next. Yeah. I think the showrunners have praised Matt Smith for bringing a lot more three-dimensional uh, sure. development to Damon and his performance. But I think the reason he's getting compared to Jon Snow. So just to be clear, he is not virtuous like Jon in the slightest. In that respect, the comparison is not warranted. I think this battle in particular has some similarities to the Battle of the Bastards that I touched yes. on this during our after show, which is that it really is about Damon kind of losing it emotionally and going sure. off into the battle in, in a yeah. ridiculously unwise way, which is exactly how Battle of the Bastards starts. Uh, John rushes the front lines because Rickon dies. Um, I saw one meme that was pretty funny which that I Damon bought. can zigzag. Rickon could not zigzag. Oh, yeah, that was good stuff. But there are also some shots that kind of call John to mind. There's one shot where John is watching Ramsay flee into Winterfell. He's covered in grime. He has like this almost animalistic look on his face. Sure. And I think yeah, yeah. the shot of Damon coming out with the crab feeder's body is one of the closest things we've had to that shot of John since Battle of the Bastards. So I feel like there are filmmaking reasons why I can see the comparison, but as characters, no way. No, no comparison. Yeah, not even close. And that's fine. There's really no one like John on the show, which again, I'm rereading yes. Fire and Blood right now just because the show's on and I'm curious. And I, I think I mentioned this, like I'm reading it and now I'm picturing like the actors in it because now I've seen it. And yeah, you know, I forgot how crazy bleak and brutal this story gets. It's and bad. <laughs> reading it yeah. gives me like a whole new, I this is going to be ridiculous. I'm... Yeah, I don't know how fuck are going to feel when they have some of these plot twists like God, I I, because I, like I knew it was coming. But before they actually I actually watched the show, I guess I, I could just kind of like put it over here in my head. But not think about it. Now the actors are here and we read it like we have to see the actors do this and say these things yeah. and commit these acts. It's going to this. This is just. If the show keeps getting popular, the discourse is going to be very, very interesting. Okay. And yes, your thoughts on House of the Dragon before you pivot back? Uh, nope. Nope. Let's pivot. Okay. Um, Damon Targ says, Rings of Power is boring. It's reasoning. I, I do agree, Damon, that I did kind of snooze a bit in the first episode, but then I kind of got around it um, for the second one. I'm not sure what changed, but um, I'm liking it. I'm looking forward yeah. to more. Um, someone, so <laughs> folk were talking about the backlash to have had, and it's 
So let's just, yeah. the, the, the facts first are that Rings of Power definitely has a bigger backlash than House of the Dragon. Just like I said yeah. before, like Rings of Power has a good old fashioned ratio thing where the critics scores like here, the fan scores like way down here, whereas House of the Dragon is more equal. We got grifters like Elon Musk who are dragging it on Twitter Ugh, saying that- uh, Ridiculous. Uh, he said like Tolkien's rolling over in his grave. He actually did like the, like the feminist argument of like, all the female characters are great and the male characters aren't, which is like right off like a 13 year old's first Reddit post. Yeah. It was even more of a garbage argument than that because it was like all, Galadriel is the only virtuous noble character and all the men characters are weak and bad, basically, which is like, watch the show. Galadriel's gray right out of the gate. Yeah, she's doing some questionable stuff. Yeah, definitely. So that felt like a bad faith. Let me get some. Oh, Bad stir, faith, stir Elon Musk making bad faith arguments just for attention. I know, no, right? Whatever Elon Musk's uh, kind of opines, the opposite is probably the thing <laughs> you should endorse. Is basically the the, Seems, the thing there. But I mean, yeah. the fact that a bad faith grifter like him is cottoning on means that there is energy because he only says yes. that kind of thing if he thinks it can stir people to be excited preferably in an angry way, because then that gets some attention and then he can, yeah. I don't know, make the price of flip coin do something. There's been a lot of backlash <laughs> and a lot of it is that identity stuff. A lot of people have been saying, and I know that some commenters up there, and I'm sorry you 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 went up the comment wall and I've lost you, but um, we're talking about there are, there are, it is true that there are Tolkien, pure, not purists, but just like big Tolkien fans who are upset at all the changes. Like speaking again, mm-hmm. I'm a big Tolkien fan. I've read and say it for a third time. I've read some really multiple times. Say it again. Um, yeah. That's enough. And yeah, <laughs> a lot's been changed or a lot's been rather added. It isn't upsetting me because the show is good. The show is good. The show is good. And yeah. I would understand if some people who are very attached to the lore are angered by so much being added. My problem mm-hmm. is that I feel like that is being used as a Trojan horse a lot for other folk to smuggle in much less respectable arguments because yeah. Someone up there said, I forget who it was, and I'm sorry, that let's be real, a large part of the backlash is kind of this gross underbelly of the fandom who are, I mean, let's be honest, they they don't, a lot of the criticism has been that there's a black dwarf. A lot of the criticism has been that there's and a, a black, black hobbit. Yeah. And a black elf, yeah. yes, they're black, black all around. That there are brown people in the show, people don't like it. And exactly, it can be hard, like someone like Elon Musk plays in the ambiguity of... I'm not going to come right out and say the racist bit, but I know the racist energy is there. And so I'm just going to poke the beehive and know that it will help me. There is a lot of racist backlash, sexist backlash, and it kind of gets intermingled with like people who actually don't like the show or are mad that the lore has been changed, which it reminds me of Gamergate in in a way. Remember that when there was like this thing where some people where there were a lot of folk who were like, um, you know, the standards in video game ethics are uh, dropping and I'm mad about it. But like the, the bottom of the base was just full on attacking female game developers. But then it tricked yeah. some like kind of middling people into thinking it's about game journalism ethics. I'm getting a lot of that here where yeah, there the rabbit is puppies so thing. much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that, that kind of energy critical, for sure. Yeah. It's this whole like Trojan horse kind of ethos. Sorry, you were going to say something? Go ahead. No, yeah, I totally agree. I think 
are there valid criticisms to be made? Of course there are. I think there are with both House of the Dragon and Rings of Power with the caveat that it's early days for both of these shows. So it's hard to judge a show on changes or things like that until you can see more of it and see kind of why these changes are made. Now, complaining about the about things like casting good times that just yeah that it does strike me as bad faith arguments as ways to sneak in basically racist comments which like don't take it from me the actors playing these parts have been have talked about this the the vitriol that they have gotten for months and months and months years in the case of ismail cruz cordova plays a rondier the the black elf that we see in the first episode of the i just want to make that clear i think it's kind of boring but not bad. Yeah, it, it is my least favorite plot line, not because of his performance, though. I think he's actually doing great. I just think it's less compellingly written than <laughs> the other the other plot lines. Sure. But yeah, I don't know. I, I do think it definitely feels like that dark underbelly because at a certain point, you know, what is the Lord of the Rings about? It's about all these races coming together. <laughs> To yeah. fight the forces of evil. So if you are going to have a sticking point of that over excluding different peoples based on what lore that was not explicitly stated in the second age, because Tolkien didn't write all that much about it, mm-hmm. that smacks to me of basically trying to have a kind of racial purity for the sake of your escapist fantasy doesn't include those kinds of people, which is not really cool. So yeah, it's a, it's a messy, disgusting topic to even have to talk about, but it's getting talked about so much that I've seen channels that normally are very straightforward talking about these things kind of being like, we don't want to discuss this. Yeah. When one of these kind of internet backlash hate mob things happen, they have a history of turning their ire on, I don't know, someone they decide represents the things they don't like and just blast them. So I, I guess I get why some people yeah. are hesitant to talk about it. But I mean, it's, it's, it's also very obvious. Like, again, like um, the actor, like you said, uh, the actor who plays the elf in The Rings of Power, the actor who plays Corpus Valerian, House of the Dragon, they both said, oh, yeah, we've been flooded with like hateful, vicious mm-hmm. racial messages for a while now. Like, and then there's like the respectable, the more respectable face of it that you get on Twitter and around Tomatoes. People are like using a little bit less coded language, but it's still pretty obvious to see if you just, you know, read it for more than half a second. Yeah. My hope, I guess, is that the show goes on. Cause again, the show's a hit that both shows continue and that, you know, people see that the show is decent and the world hasn't imploded, even though there are some black hobbits and we just kind of <laughs> leave it at that. Usually, you yeah. know, a, uh, a rolling ball of hate tends to lose energy afterward. Cause you can't really sustain that level of passion for very long. Ideally, yeah. um, we can go ideally, we can go into sort of politics. That's well, it's for, it's complicated, but that's my hope that people will kind of drop it eventually and we can just enjoy the two shows. So Amazon, I, I'm curious what your opinion on this is. Amazon oh. is doing this new thing that they say is not because of the rings of power. They implemented it over the summer, but it's getting wow. pressed because of the rings of power, which is that they are suspending reviews on it for the first like 72 hours, I think, because it's getting review bombed and review bombed in this case is specifically referring to bad faith actors going on and one starring it basically for the reasons that we're saying here, which we've seen happen with other shows. Like I think it happened with Miss Marvel. Ah, interesting. 
Another show that has a lead of color. I wonder if there's a coincidence, a commonality here. Um, yeah, I did hear yeah. about that. The issue, I mean, on the one hand, of course, it makes sense because look, a review bomb crush like this, whether it's Ms. Marvel, Rings of Power, uh, Captain Marvel back in the day got this. Yes. A, a lot of yeah, things where folks are just kind of like, before it's even out, they're just absolutely spitting all over it. I mean, they aren't helpful, useful reviews because they're not born yes. of... I watched it. I didn't like it. I'm going to read, write a review about it. They're born of, I decided I hate it because of X, Y, Z, usually as a woman or a person of color in it. And I'm just going to, you know, crap all over it for, I don't know, your own personal satisfaction or something, because that's the momentum you have when you're part of this mob. So I get why they would want to stop because, and, and if someone says like, well, you can't, you know, people can say what they want to say. Like, yes, they can, but the point of a review, if one of a review is to give your opinion, something that you actually saw, there's just, yeah. there's no, that's not what's happening there. I can also see Amazon, of course, doing that and then also pruning the reviews that just genuinely didn't like it because Amazon has yeah. an interest in wanting to make it that show that it spent all this money on look like it's um, beloved and favorable. I didn't know they owned IMDb, by the way. I didn't uh, realize that. Same. I didn't until that story broke. Which, I mean, like, not shocked, but... Yeah, not shocked, a little like, okay. Um, There's kind of this gray area where it's like, I totally don't support the idea of review bombing. I very much agree with you that... Like, that's just not helpful. That's not the purpose of a review. If you're going to write about a thing you sure. haven't watched, you're not um, talking about in a, in a measured way that is meant to help people be more informed about the thing. So I can understand that take on it. On the flip side, mm-hmm. it's always just a little uncomfortable how much Amazon owns and yeah. being able to do things like you said, like control, like, yes, finding ways to stop review bombing is important. I also don't necessarily trust Amazon to not just use that argument <laughs> to make yes. themselves look better because I feel like we've kind of seen maybe not specific instances of that, but enough instances of their business practices being a little shady in terms of things like reviews, no. like in the book industry, they also own Goodreads and there are all oh. sorts of issues like that, that it's hard to trust it's it's kind of this interesting thing where it's like they're not in the wrong here, but because of their past practices, it's just hard to trust them. Yes. A uh, mob of racist hate mongers versus Jeff Bezos. I mean, neither party <laughs> is rosy here. I mean, but and then yeah. what gets caught and forgotten in the middle is the show itself, which is not bad. Yes. So no, that's it's what not focus on. And that's what I'm going to focus on going forward. Uh, by the way, good comment from Jason on uh, YouTube it says the Rings of Power cast has also been more vocal about how important how important representation means to them, which triggers the kind of awful folks, which, yeah, triggering is funny because triggering like began as like kind of a more progressive idea of you're going to read this article that contains the description of some kind of possible triggering event. And then it got taken up by the reactionary right time people as Oh, libs are triggered. Yeah. And now it's kind of going coming back around to describe people who are triggered at the barest mention of maybe it's OK to have a black person as an elf. Um, yeah. So in conclusion, just get rid of the word. I hate it. The word woke too. Yeah. Nope. And it's, Julie, thank you. Yes, just sensible. Can. It's great. We're, we thank are so you, sensible and smart and excellent. We try. OK, so I'll go to my original question now. Um, so Rings of Power and House of the Dragon walk into a cage match. <laughs> And they okay. fight each other 
which one do you bet your last hundred dollars on you horrible gambling addict i mean it's got to be the house it's got to be house of the dragon i i think the thing for me with house of the dragon that is selling it more aside from the fact that it's a more adult show so like by its very nature the situations are going to be way more complex than rings of power because uh, someone a while back i missed who it was and i'm sorry but someone a while back in the comments said that the rings of power is more of a family show and obviously obviously that's true you can totally watch rings of the rings of the power the rings of some power with your children provided they're you know old enough to watch slightly scary things mm-hmm. house of the dragon is <laughs> y- y- y'all better be adults basically but i think the writing on house of the dragon is way sharper than the rings of power at this point and even though the visuals i think are are a bit better on rings of power to be honest i think oh, house on, of the dragon yeah. a- as a whole the package is selling itself better in my opinion because it's it's just a more it's compelling tighter. story yeah. it is tighter but that's the nature of it you know yeah. you said a while back rings of power is almost more like game of thrones than house of the dragon is because it has all these disparate stories around the map and we're wondering when they're going to cross again meanwhile house of the dragon one of the things that originally stood out to me a lot about it is that it is so focused compared to game of thrones like we're talking like one really strong through line story and then it branches to occasionally follow a different family member like damon who's off doing his thing so that's where my money goes how about yours um i do the i call the police because the the fight was illegal i don't know why you just did this you shouldn't have done that in the first place (laughs) and they break it up and then both people I have back to my house and I have a dinner and I make them a nice pot roast. So that's what I do. You chose conflict. You chose violence. I chose everybody. This sounds fine right. And I, can lo- and I can love them both. It does. You're, you're, you're pushing the Harfoot point of view here. <laughs> Everyone can get along and have fun. Everyone there are enough blackberries for all of us. Blackberries being fantasy shows. <laughs> exactly. Blackberries. Is that most folk are. Okay. There we go. Philip is all on the rings of the rings of the power. Uh, I do not. I could. I could try and make a pot roast, Christian. Um, I could. I could probably do it. How hard could it be? I cook a little. I'm not great at <laughs> it, but I, I can do it. Pot roast. You put it in the pot. It roasts. That, that's probably true. I. Well, it won't be good. I'll burn <laughs> it too black. Um, let's see. And Jason wants Galadriel's actress. I believe his name is Morford Clark. She's Welsh. I can't pronounce her name. On House of the Dragon is Targaryen. Ooh, that's that's yeah, not a terrible great. idea. Yeah. Yeah, she would. Yeah, they're, totally. They're, they're both good. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying both. Uh, as I, I'm not gonna say that name. Um, M. Paul Fidel, 2008, watches Rings of Power with his kids, House Dragon with his wife. Um, yeah. and has tells his 13 year old he's got five more years so he can watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah, and I am glad they're both funny audiences, and I wish the best to both of them. And I, I, I think the whole clash over the kind of um, the mob, whether it be bad faith, good faith, I think someone up there again, which was a smart comment, who said that it can be hard to tell whether like a review bomb mob is genuinely not liking something or just enervated by a ball of hate, Yes, which I don't know. I think it's usually it's not that hard to tell when it's on this scale, but I take your point. I agree. It's it's, it's always a mix. And and that's, yeah, totally. And that's how the bigots need it to be because if it's just a pack of bigots and no one in there is making good arguments, it's so obvious they're, people we don't want around 
So it, it's almost like, again, yeah. like Gamergate, like suppose they need cover to do what they do. Like that's a required part for them. Yeah. It, I totally agree that it's a slippery slope, but the thing is with those sorts of review bombs, which I, I agree, I think it's a slippery slope, but you can usually kind of tell when one's happening. If you actually scroll through them a little bit, it's um, happened enough the, the thing now is, that we know the signs. Yeah. And it doesn't just lessen, you know, the overall score of a show. It actually makes it harder to, if you don't like something to get the negative reviews and it kind of covers those up so that it's harder to differentiate the good faith ones that are giving you legitimate criticisms, which are Mm -hmm. there to be made. They get almost drowned out by review bombing. Um, So it's not good for people who love the show or people who dislike it for very legitimate reasons. True. So at the same time, Amazon can suck eggs. Like I'm not saying they're great either. So it's, it's at minimum complicated. Um, Okay. I think we'll end this with, uh, Jason's comment before I just get so heated, uh, my hair boils off my head. Um, Jason says from YouTube, I do think folks need to enjoy, sit back and enjoy their richness. Fantasy fans can really just revel in as opposed to in there and trying to compete probably for the best. Cause at the end of the day, we got two yeah. great shows on the Sandman just wrapped up. I love that as well. It was up on the way. There's just a lot of good stuff right now. And, um, Hopefully we can find a way to all enjoy it without getting caught up in nonsense culture war stuff. But, you know, we'll check back next week and see how that's going. Okay, Daniel and everyone out there, are you watching anything um, besides the Rings of Power and House of the Dragon right now? And if so, what and why? Oh, man, there are other shows aside from House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. (laughs) Well, I guess She-Hulk. Marvel's got a thing that's kind of going on right now. I'm enjoying She-Hulk. I think it's a lot of fun. Wait, you've been watching that too, right? I have. I don't like it. It's. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> she, okay, so it's a sitcom that I've not laughed at. That's kind of the bottom line for this. How have you not... Uh, which is fair, because that? that's sitcoms, right? It's kind yeah. of like you either... They click with you or they don't. That, 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 that's basically it. Like, that last episode, I, I, I did watch it. And the bit where like Megan the Stallion and She-Hulk are twerking together. And I'm like, is the joke that Megan the Stallion is a celebrity and she's here? Like, what's the punchline? Yes. Like, what that is was the punchline? The Dan. twist. What's the gag? Is it just that, oh, I know her. She's twerking. And I don't want to like bad about it too bad. Because if you like it, you like it. And that's great. And I'm happy for you. I just, I don't, I, I've. I don't think I've laughed once. Just nothing has struck yeah. me as original or interesting enough. Nothing's like surprised me or like gotten me on a hook. Like the fact that Megan the Stallion is there is not a joke. Like it's 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 a cameo. <laughs> like you have to write a joke with the write a punchline and a surprise in there well, somewhere. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the joke was that to. it wasn't her. They didn't think she was there. It was this elf impersonating her, and then she is there in the courtroom. Isn't that, isn't that funny? No, it's a reference. A reference (laughs) isn't a joke. Just, okay. Yeah. But that's me. And um, if you're enjoying it, I'm glad you're enjoying (laughs) it. I hope you have a bang up time with it. We also got, comedy is subjective and (laughs) Richard subjectively thinks Snokey (laughs) is wrong. (laughs) Fair enough. But Natalie's with me. I mean, pay pay me to watch it. It's, it's fine. It's just, it's, 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 it's not for me. Yeah, that's totally fair. I think this is, you know, it's a fluffier Marvel show. I'm enjoying it. I'm laughing at it quite a bit. I can totally understand if it's not your bag, though. And I will say, (laughs) 
So one thing I have been watching that I did not expect to watch, I've I've been watching Agent Carter, which came out a, okay. a few years back. Yeah, it's yeah. on Disney Plus now. And Agent Carter's really underrated. And it's kind of interesting to watch that and She-Hulk because both of them kind of have these feminist ideas of like Agent Carter. The whole show is about it's a period piece and she's in this office that is that are all men and they totally overlook her. And that allows her to basically do her own investigation right under their noses. Ah. And that show, the writing is really sharp um, and better than most of the MCU shows that we've gotten. Like that's technically part of the MCU, but it, it was on yeah. ABC. It wasn't done by Marvel studios the same way. I, yeah, the the Marvel MCU shows, they've definitely worn on me a bit, even though I am enjoying C, uh, She-Hulk. She-Hulk. And yeah, Richard, the, the ABC Marvel shows are underrated. I was surprised when I watched Agent Carter at how good it was. She had some mic drop lines. I teared up a little bit in one episode. Cool. Some folk uh, said they're watching Primal up there, which I never saw, but I do like that guy's uh, like Samurai Jackson, Dexter Slavatory, were always fun. Um, I've heard it's watching- great. Yeah, me too. Primal. I should check it out. Uh, Philip is watching... Hope we do in the shadows, which is also is also being very good. I'm liking that one a lot this year. That one, I I not to just I do laugh at that one, but you know we all laugh at different things. So yeah, did you? Uh, hey, that. I know you. This is very important. You need to know this. I think it was sort of the morning who said they're watching C and that it's really good. Oh. So now you know at least one other person that's watching that show. We're gonna cover it. I swear to God, we, 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 we have some writing reviews. Just um, they're they're on their way. I'm also watching the rehearsal, which is just screwing with my head. That show is where reality and madness meet, and um, I don't know what to make of it. I'm transfixed and fascinated. That show is really interesting. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. Yeah. I just know if it's bizarre. If have you heard of it? It's like vaguely kind of kind of a reality show, but what are they rehearsing for? This, this is, life the the guy nathan fielder just like the first episode is he's trying to help this trivia like bar trivia maven uh-huh who who has like a circle of friends and he wants to admit to them that he's been lying about his advanced degree because they all have advanced degrees and he didn't because he felt bad but it's gone okay. on for like years now and he feels awkward about saying it so <laughs> He, he concocts this whole thing where like, okay, we're going to hire actors to play like the friend you need to, you need to come out to about this. We're going to recreate the bar in every detail. And we're going to like run through all these scenarios to see like um, what was the best way to break this to her. And they run it like thousands of times. They hire actors in there. They recreate everything. And, like, should you do it before or after you get the chicken wing? Should you do it? And it gets really weird. when And apparently it's all real, which is just mind blowing. And it gets, the second one gets even weirder. <sighs> okay. It, the second one involves children and like trying to rehearse for parenthood and hiring like 33 different child actors to like cycle in and pretend to be your kid for a while and it's real the person who's there real but you're really doing it it's it's a trip uh and it's breaking my that brain sounds crazy but i'm interested <laughs> that sounds says, nuts. fun fact oh cool apparently natalie lives near the bar it's 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 wild okay <laughs> okay uh, any other that things? sounds wild it is as Julie says, Jason Morgan's haircut said what I want to get off. Yeah, that is too bad. It's for pollution, Julie. Yeah. 
for it or, or something. Very good. Any cause. other thing you want to talk about before we go into our final section of the show, Daniel? And anybody else out there? Anything um, else you're watching us off about? I guess the only the I'll I'll touch on this briefly because I don't know if anyone cares about this but me. The only oh. other thing I watched recently, I watched Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. I've been on a huge Resident Evil kick, and nice. it's been fascinating to me. That's that show that movie came out in November, and that was the faithful adaptation of Resident <laughs> Evil. It actually used characters from the games, and it is uh, I, I don't want to say it is faithful, but it you can tell it tried really, really hard to be. They mashed two games together, they use all the characters from the games. It's fascinating to look at that and look at the Netflix show that just came out, mm-hmm. which basically was like, we're just going to do our own thing and use the games as, as a backdrop yeah. a little bit, maybe if you squint right. We took the title and uh, that's enough, right? Yeah. It feels like both of them got some things and missed others, but Welcome to Raccoon City. I was pleasantly surprised. It's an actual horror movie and um, it's not, I would never claim it's a great movie. Don't go into it expecting it to, to be really good, but if you expect it to be bad, you'll probably enjoy it. <laughs> Which um, is a skill that some folk have and some don't. I enjoy a bad thing myself every once in a while, so perhaps I'm not yeah. going to watch it. But um, if I do, I'll know how. That's fair. Yeah, it's. I would say it's the the closest thing to an actual adaptation of Resident Evil. Like when I say <laughs> adaptation, I mean taking what is there sure. and putting it on screen instead of we're going to take the lore and just make up something. It's the just closest thing choice. to actually, which is, it's such a weird choice to be like, here's this beloved thing that is one of the best selling things in its medium of all time. Let's take it and totally ignore everything in it and just make a zombie thing. Um, so welcome Sorry. to Raccoon City. If you are a remotely a fan of the games is worth the watch, even just for the Easter eggs, because there are a lot like they right. even use the little keys to like put in the 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 crest of the statue that opens the capacity that is in every police station in America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it used to be an art museum, man. It, it's refurbished. But yeah, oh, that statue's there. So there are lots of little little things like that where it's very obvious they tried hard. But the characters yeah. are a little weird. They're not quite on point. But overall, or, not bad. Could be worse. As Julie asks, uh, when is The Witcher third season coming out? No word on that, Never. Julie. Probably 2023. Whoa. <laughs> Probably 2023. Someone else mentioned The Wheel of Time back up there, which is another good fan show that's on right now. And I believe, I've heard about that one. I Probably that one's going to... Is going to be 2023 too, but um, we'll, yeah, we'll, we watch and wait. I imagine that's the fantasy rumble we'll be talking about next year as the Witcher and Wheel of Time, but both oh, of God, them. The, the second stringer fantasy shows fighting off against each other after these two exactly. prize fighters exit. I want to know when we're going to get Blood Origin because Netflix has been so suspiciously quiet. And they trimmed it down from six episodes to four. So that Witcher prequel, we're supposed to get it in the next three months at some point. Uh, Yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens. Anyway, um, maybe we'll come across uh, some some of these bits in our lightning round segment where we go through several stories we didn't have the time to get to in the main body of the show and give our 20 second takes as is becoming yes. tradition. I really haven't organized these at all. 
So I'm just going to ask you and see what happens. No. Hey, can we? Yes. Can we shout someone out first? Of course we can. Can we shout out JDE Palm 13 who said, glad to finally catch you guys live. Love the podcast and usually listen while I walk the dog. Thanks for for hanging out and listening. Glad you caught us live and got to join in today. Thanks, JDE. Cool. Uh, We are available in podcast form, by the way. And we doesn't know that, but he probably did. Um, All right. Shall we? Let us lightning. Okay. Yes. Um, Daniel, on the clock. Ryan Johnson is even more proud of the last Jedi movie. Five years on, he still wants to make his own trilogy of Star Wars films. Um, I think that's cool. I can understand why he's more proud of it. Five years on, I think the last Jedi is probably holding up better than you would have expected. <laughs> um, so I can I can totally get behind that. Um. And I'm glad that he doesn't feel remorse for it. Like he thematically, he <laughs> knew what he was yeah. doing. He stuck to his guns and uh, yeah, it's nice that he's proud. Cool. Yeah. All right, Dan, the Batgirl movie, which was canceled yeah. by Warner. It was reportedly like a very expensive CW pilot. Celia. Yeah. So um, that means different things to different people. Um, there are folk out there who would love an expensive CW pilot for a movie. I probably wouldn't, but point mm-hmm. to them. I have this secret thought that I, I, I don't know if it's, it's, it's accurate. It's a secret thought that maybe some of the things that are happening at Warner brothers canceling these projects is for the best, but we'll have to figure that out later. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. We may never know. Well, hopefully we will. Um, okay. Um, here's a, here's a pretty big one. So uh, legendary, yeah. the studio that makes Dune and some other things is leaving Warner Brothers Discovery, which also canceled Batgirl, and is shopping itself around to Sony and other places. Yeah, I'm a little worried about this. I don't know exactly what it's going to mean for Dune Part 2. I mean, Dune Part 2 is happening. It's going to come out no matter what, really. Right. Um, I'm just curious how it's going to be distributed. And this isn't the first time Legendary has left Warner and shopped itself around. So True. this is yeah. interesting news, but not really alarming news. Yeah. For Warner Brothers. All right. Ooh, I think this one's real cool. So mm-hmm. we got to see our first image of Jamie Clayton as Pinhead in Hulu's new Hellraiser movie. Explores to some, explores the further realms of human experience. Demons to some, <laughs> angels to others. I like Hellraiser. Um, and... She looks pretty cool. That's Jamie Clayton, who I remember from Sense8 on Netflix, who was good in that. Um, New Hellraiser. Cool. I like Hellraiser. You solve a little Rubik's Cube and then demons come and do horrible things to body horror. (laughs) I need to watch those. Uh, That sounds fun. The first one's fun. Okay. Um, This one was cool. Uh, Daniel. HBO, have to compete with the Rings of Power, uploaded the House of the Dragon premiere to YouTube, bot C-section and all. So anyone can watch it for free. I mean, I'd assume they've got some kind of parental warnings on there thinking about you that. You would hope. Um, you would hope. But I think that's cool. Um, they're really trying to get everyone in the door because they don't need to do this. It's already got insane viewership. Um, right. But they're really trying to sell basically everyone. They want everyone in the world to watch this show. On that bandwagon. Yeah, cool. Good for them. All right. Yeah, uh, good for us for being able to watch it for free. So, Dan, Warner Brothers Discovery, which is apparently our conversation topic for the day because they're They're not on fire. 
<laughs> they canceled DC Fandom, which is a big fan event for oh, DC right. stuff. Not happening. Again, like, so this was like an all digital kind of like a Star Wars celebration-esque thing about DC. I don't know. It, it always seemed like it was kind of forced into being to be that. I never really took the care yeah. about it. I just wonder. I wonder if they'd come out leaner. I wonder. Probably not. I don't want to say that because I, I the narrative right now is it's it's all awful, but I just I wonder. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's fair. I wonder too. We won't know for is. a while. All right. Um. Oh, and finally, here we go. No, wait. Sorry, not finally. Jamie Campbell Bower, who played the villain Vecna in Stranger Things, he auditioned once upon a time to play Harry Potter and Edward from Twilight. Um. Give me that evil Vecna Harry Potter. I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, nah, I can understand why he didn't get, especially that one. Um, he catches. I feel like he'd be a better Malfoy than a Harry. Um, but Edward well, from Twilight, because sure, I do. Yeah, that's true. I've never seen him be, you know, heartfelt and nice. Maybe yeah, he was in another life. Vecna was Harry Potter, the boy who lived. All right, <laughs> our killed. final lightning, the boy who killed. Final lightning round question. Um, So Dune and The Expanse won awards at the 2022 Hugo Awards, which is a huge, basically gold standard book and film award ceremony for science fiction and fantasy. Yeah, happened at Worldcon last weekend, I think. Um, Yeah, in Chicago. I was sad I couldn't make it. But what do you think? Happy for those that won? Of course, yeah. Um, Dune won best long form presentation, and and I, 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 I think the Expanse finale won best short form. Um, very cool. Those things are getting recognition because they're 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 both very strong. And like you said, the Hugos are back to the fifties, a very venerated award show. Um, yeah. Even if they can get infiltrated by puppies, um, and cool to see those things getting some recognition. Yeah, I think the expanse, I think they're a year behind. So I, I'm pretty sure the one that won is from season five. It's the season five finale where Naomi oh, was floating. Okay, through space, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Which was a crazy, crazy episode. All right. And that is our show. Thanks for everyone watching. Yep. And as you may or may not know, we do this every Wednesday live on the Winner is Coming Facebook page and YouTube page at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're also doing, during for the duration of uh, House of the Dragon, recap and reviews directly after every episode, Sunday nights at the same place. Facebook, YouTube, come on by. We'll talk about the latest things, what's going to happen. We're going to talk all about it immediately after, uh, right here, uh, like you said. And that's not enough shouldn't be we're also available in podcast form on itunes apple play wherever podcasts are available thank you so much for watching thank you so much for being here thank you for the fruitful productive discussions just thank you goodbye have a good one y'all this podcast is brought to you by fansider join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.